So we are back on day two here, and our guest right now is Barbara Bray. She is of Rethinking Learning and the co-author of two books, one called Make Learning Personal and a second one called How to Personalize Learning. Welcome, Barbara. Oh, thank you. I'm enjoying being here with you. Outstanding. Yeah, Outstanding. Yeah. And Brittany. Yeah, so, well, we're having our pictures taken. Well, so um, we use your books all the time, to be perfectly honest. So we, yep. when we work with teachers or when we talk about personalized learning, um, so it's really kind of neat to have like the person behind the words here with us. Um, so you've been doing this a while. Yes. So what are some of the trends that you've seen in personalized learning? And like, what are some of the conversations that you're having with people that maybe are new conversations or are the same conversations that you're like, let's have new conversations. Yeah, so just what, what has it, how is it for you right now? Oh my goodness. You said this is short though. Yeah, <laughs> I might be going on a little long. Okay, so the conversations are now it's kind of where I want it to be. People are starting to talk about learner-centered, and it's all about the kids. Yeah. It's not about the technology, but the technology supports it. Yes. There was a whole confusion for so long about what is personalized learning, and some people were saying, oh no, it's been going in the wrong direction with technology being, you know, an you know the algorithms and adaptive right. learning. Yeah. But there are strategies to use all if it's really what the kids need. Exactly. That's totally how we feel. Mm -hmm. yeah. So how do you, when you have conversations with people that are still on that fence or, you know, are still grappling with how to fit technology or other, or even just other resources, like besides the one classroom teacher in, how do you talk with people about that? What kinds of things do you say to them? Well, first thing, I, I want to know what they're doing. I yes. want to, um, depends on where they're at, what their support they have at their school, their district. Um, also, how um, flexible they're going to be, uh -huh. because it's really about letting go. And um, none of—I mean, my main thing is we only know what we know, and we only don't know what we don't know, right? So, if you're a teacher who is a, with the policies and told that you can only stay within these lines, um, it's not really them; it's the system. And so I come, I'm trying to come in from the top and the bottom, so I'm working at the system level in some places now. Oh, you are? Yeah. I'm trying to shake it up. Yeah. <laughs> All they can do is just kick me out, but I'm going to do it That's anyway. That's a good, right? Uh -huh. you know? yeah. All, they can say, please don't come back. But, you know, then yeah. but you've probably, you know, turned the spark on for some teachers inside those systems, right? And then... I hope so. I hope so. Yeah, so I think that's the way it usually works. Is mm -hmm. even if it, even if you're in a in a group and some of them are like, I, I really have no idea what you're talking about. There's always a few people that will take what you're what you're giving them. Yeah. So if we talk a lot, um, and you you just talked a lot about about lifting those barriers so people can be allowed to do something that's outside the lines, as it were. And that's like a mind blower. That first step is what we've seen is mm -hmm. they just. You, we can do that. Right. That's or always I'm the allowed? question. I'm allowed to do that, and well, yeah. mom's like, "Is it better for the kids, or do you think this is going to be a better thing?" Then do that. Then that's okay. Oh, I it, love it. It doesn't have to be the way we always went through school because the way we went through school, that's the old way. Well, when you look at your, um, if you just stop, and when you get home and you go, "Did that work? It, it, am I reaching my kids? Are the kids engaged?" If not, what can I change? 
right? Because what happens is we're stuck in a system, but we also are stuck in our routines. And sometimes, you know, we've spent all summer or, you know, planning something when you really don't have to if you really look at what do you need, kids? Let's give them a voice. Let's, let's have them even start your room. And some teachers go, no! Blank walls. Oh. Yep. Start, start with, tell me what you would like in the classroom and you're going to help me do this. And I love Joe Kerr's book on Shift This. I don't know if you ever read it. Mm -hmm. But um, she said that that's the hardest thing is letting go and giving them a voice right in the beginning. And I also say the first two weeks should be on social-emotional learning, building that culture, not academics. Because if we focus only on teaching to the test or teaching something the kids don't care about right away, they're going to... You know, they're just going to turn, turn they out. Disengage. They yeah. disengage, yeah. and you've lost them. You need to grab them and tell them this is a community about you. That's exactly right. I mean, you're saying all the things that that, that we always talk about too, which is awesome. Oh, cool. But you know, one oh, thing yeah. that one thing that Courtney always says is, "What am I doing that the learners could be doing?" And that's how we talk to our teachers sometimes when they have those questions. And so I am spreading that word also, and, and they get it, but it's scary. That first time... To let it go? Yeah, that first time, sometimes what I did is I worked with it, I decided I was going to try something new, and I worked with a school in Richmond, which was, um, it's a very high poverty, uh -huh. uh, high risk district. And I took this, I worked with the school, I knew this principal, and I said, let me just work with a few teachers and let's try something like shake it up a little and um, when I went in I, I realized the constraints they have which is basically a tiny um, <clears throat> the teachers I had were in portables uh, and very little room 30 ki 32 kids yeah. stuck together and I said let's shake this out let's make some white space in the room and let's get rid of some of these desks and let's try some of these things and they went for it. Good. It was really cool, but it's um, sometimes you need someone from the outside to nudge you, yeah. or yep. someone next door, it could be another teacher, or you've let the kids come up with it, and you never know what they're going to come up with. Right. That's this, I think that's what teachers hesitate on sometimes, and principals and administrators, and, and right up the chain, is that you, you just said you never know what's going to happen, and that scares the heck out of teachers. Principles. Yeah. If you don't know what's going to happen, when, how could I be totally prepared? You can't. But it's so exciting when it happens. That's well, it, the thing. It's what it is. Is that it's the thing about taking risks and then saying, Ah, that didn't work. What do you think we should do next time? And the kids are like, Really? Really? Okay. Yeah, exactly. Let's go. You know, rub our hands together and come up with some new ideas. And they feel like they have a voice, and it can start really young too. You don't have to wait until. Oh, not at all. It's so hard no. because some schools have me come in or work with them in high school, and some of the kids are women. I, everything has to be for the A or a, uh, AP courses. or yep. the, Yeah. It's So we got to somehow shake it up all over. The place. All over. Well, 
let's join podcast forces. Yes. To let's shake it that. up. Yeah. Tell so you are, you have a podcast now. So tell everyone about your podcast. Okay. I, I decided to uh, shake up my life and start over with some new ideas. So I started a podcast called Conversations on Learning on my Rethinking Learning site. It's at barbarabray.net. Tried to make it real easy so people could find it. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Well yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Just okay. easy. And so what I wanted to do is have conversations like we're doing now. But it's, um, I, I also wanted a place for whoever I'm talking to be able to share all the wonderful things they're doing. Yeah. So there's a blog that goes with it, a blog post. Fantastic. But it's a lot of, it's a lot of work and I'm learning yeah. and um, they, they're getting a little better. Oh yeah. 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 Well, go back and listen to some of our first ones. Oh yeah. <laughs> We've definitely gotten better. We have learned a yeah. lot. Yes. <laughs> It's a lot of fun, though. It is a lot I of love, fun. and we do it like you're doing now, looking at somebody. We, I do it with Zoom. Oh, good. So, yeah. yeah. Yep. So they can, or we started with Google Hand, Hangouts, but we're doing Zoom. So I can see every each other, yeah. and it's so comfortable nice. because um, you, you really want to really feel like they can say anything and they feel really good after a while it's like, like I'm doing with you. Yeah. You make me feel really comfortable. Good. Oh, thank you. So before we go, we ask all of our guests, um, it's kind of a theme of our show, we say we talk through the do-dos and don't-dos of personalized learning. So we ask everyone what, and it's hard because it's only one, so what is your biggest do-do that you would bestow to any of our listeners about personalized learning? I say take one risk. Take a small bite of something and jump in to give voice and, and let go. Yeah. See what happens if you do one thing first with those kids because it, it becomes kind of like, a, I don't want to say contagious or whatever, but if they love it, you start loving it and you'll want to do more. Thank you so much for taking time to talk with us today. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you so much for the, letting me be here. Yeah, Thank we you. can, we, um, so we put our podcast out, you're not recording anymore.